Welcome to the Homeschool Together podcast. Where one working mom and a stay-at-home dad help you navigate the nuts and bolts of the growing and dynamic world of homeschooling. With a focus on early learners. Like me! All the ins and outs of building and maintaining your homeschool life. Homeschool! Find out tips and tricks to make things like this easier. I'm reading! And ultimately, enjoy educating your kids. And what's that last thing? Have fun together! Did I do good, Daddy? (laughs) Yeah, you did, sweetie. Good job. Welcome back to Homeschool Together. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Today's a little bit of an experiment. We're 300 episodes in and it's always time to change something up. We got got some new audio gear. Hopefully it is sounding clearer. It is sounding nicer. Uh, We're trying to level up the experience. We're leveling up up the experience. For those who are new, um, head over to our YouTube channel. We are just about to start. I think as this episode has dropped our first episode in our new Ancient Civilizations uh, Build Your Library series has dropped. Ariel and mm-hmm. I are going to be continuing our our news reporter, you know, husband-wife <laughs> combo, you know, news at 11. We're, we're the only yeah. uh, vlogging homeschoolers. I mean, I've, I've seen other people like vlog in general about their homeschool, but we're the week-by-week people. I don't know if that if it's good different or bad different, but it's different. You can, you can see us on our journey. So we, we are a few weeks in already, just, you know, spoilers you know, the way the production machine works. We, we yeah. are, we're about three or four weeks in and this will be our first video dropping and we'll continue to drop those probably every week, every 10 days or so. So yeah. if you are about to start your ancient civilizations or you're thinking about preparing yourself for the ancient civilizations and your, you know, build your library journey, um, we are starting to do those videos. We're yeah. going to give you all the great feedback, um, all the great spines, just like what we did with the around the world journey, as well as our prehistory journey we are going to catalog that one as well so hopefully we can find you guys over mm-hmm. there if you are enjoying the, the better audio please put a you know comment in the facebook group or on the <laughs> youtube and say good job matt you got off your patukas and, and you upgraded this thing hey and we are at like 97 reviews on and ratings on apple podcasts oh my god i'm hoping y'all help us break 100 i you know we, we sent out we, we sent this out into into the ether when we were trying to hit our thousand um <laughs> subscriber number on youtube and and you guys like blew it out of the park. We got yeah, we like really 50 more yeah. and we only needed like 10. So that was really awesome. So I'm asking now if you listen to this regularly, if it's something that really helps yes. you, please share it with a friend and give us a rating on YouTube. We would love, or, you know, not YouTube, I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts. We would love to have some more reviews because I think people scroll through these and they're like, uh, is this like a joke? Are these people really good? Your personal reviews really help people to Absolutely. make a decision to take a chance on us. So Absolutely. So you. some of you guys may have listened to our more recent episode, the To, to Homeschool or Not to Homeschool. And today we are going to be starting a two-part series this Monday and then next Monday mm-hmm. and around the subject of de-schooling. Right. We know there are a lot of families out there who are just joining us or maybe some families that are transitioning out of public school or private school or maybe even out of a a parent partnership or a co-op and you guys are just going to go and do um, homeschooling at home. You, ne- you may need to engage in this process called de-schooling. This is a very large con- uh, concept and, and topic, and so we're going to break it up into two, yeah. two, two so episodes. So much to discuss. Yeah, there's a lot to discuss. And so um, 
start off right out of the beginning. What is de-schooling? Why, why is this, yeah. what's this fancy word For those of you use? who listened to, to homeschool and not to homeschool and decided you're going to go for it. You're going to homeschool. Good job. And you're coming from a public school or a private school setting. I mean, if you're coming from a parent partnership or a co-op, yeah. unless those are really rigorous, kind of academically yeah. rigorous, this probably wouldn't apply. But if you're yeah. coming from a a public school or private school that's, you know, kind of more traditional classroom-based environment, then de-schooling is this process of transitioning your child and and yourselves away from kind of a school mentality and culture. Um, it's this time of of discovery of what, you know, what you want to learn and what they're interested in and how you work together as a team. And Mm -hmm. this is, this is a big transitory time. And because it's such a big shift in mindset and approach and all of it, um, it really deserves to have a lot of attention and care put on this time period. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that kind of social emotional response the relationship building because a lot of times if you think about it if somebody is coming out of the public school it's almost like you know those couples who uh, work a lot and then they finally retire right and they've never spent any time together yeah they never spent any time together almost, <laughs> well hopefully yeah, you've you, spent plenty of time with your kids but it is hard yeah. right if you're if you're a working parent and your kids go to public school um, then you're maybe dropping them for before school care and then mm-hmm. they go to school and then there may be an after school care until you or your spouse can pick them up yep. and then there's there's dinner and they're doing homework or there's sports going on and so you're busy busy bath bed you know r- you know wash, rinse, repeat. Um, and you know, maybe most of the time you get to spend together is like weekends, holidays, summers, Mm -hmm. and you, you don't spend this much intense time together. So you're right. It is a really big transition for the whole family. And I think that's really important for everyone to remember that this is like, this is a family change, not just a change with, even if you've got, let's say you've got four kids and one kid is going to be coming out of public school and the other ones are staying, this is still a big family change, even if it's not all your kids. So let's talk a little bit about why de-schooling is important. This is a, you know, just setting the groundwork Mm -hmm. on, on, you know, where does it fit in the priority list of all the various things that you know you're going to have to do as a homeschooler. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got your giant spreadsheet or you've got your sticky notes on the board and you got to like find all your curriculums. I got to get all this stuff. I got to get my homeschool space. (laughs) I've got to turn, you know, I got to get the pool set up because Matt says pool school works. And (laughs) you mentioned workout school and now I got to get a table next to my my jogger. You know, you got all these things on on your list and you got to plan everything. You know, where does de-schooling fit? I think that almost fits right at the beginning. It's sort of like the honeymoon. Well, yeah, I, I think the thing is, is that is, is that for new homeschoolers, right? If, if you're new and you have not homeschooled before, the the process of homeschooling is not school at home. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that, right? It's like, okay, I'm going to do what's done in the classroom and I'm just going to replicate that at home. And that usually doesn't work well for anyone. It doesn't work well for parents. It doesn't really work well for kids. Yeah. It's not the the um, learner kind of dre- learner-led, um, learner-driven education that well, we were used to because even if homeschooling yeah. even if you're not unschooling yeah. a lot of times your learner is still kind of you know they have input right our, our we're not studying ancient history in a vacuum our daughter is super jazzed about she can't wait to study ancient egypt and ancient china and she's really excited yeah. about that you know it's not this top-down driven approach where uh you know a school board it sets this curriculum and then teachers set the curriculum and they just teach to kids, right? It's yeah. such a different methodology and it's a different mindset. And so it takes time. So it's really important to recognize that that th- this is an important period of time. And it's a phase where um, you're still homeschooling through it, 
but there's a lot of learning. It, a little bit like newlyweds, I guess. It is mm-hmm. a little bit It'll of feel, learning. Feel out the process. Feeling each other out and what, you know, how you're going to work at this together. Exactly. And, and a lot, you know, what you kind of said there is you're leaving the school. You don't want to necessarily do school at home. Right. Because very often the school, the culture or the experience or the methodology, um, you know, the way the kids are packed in, maybe it was a bullying problem, maybe it was a learning issue, mm-hmm. um, whatever your issue is for taking them out of the school, you don't want to bring that home. I mean, that's that's <laughs> right. the whole goal is not yeah. to bring that home exactly. and replicate that experience now instead of, you know, miss you know, Smith is your teacher, it's now Miss Mom, and you're going to do exactly the same thing. Like, you don't want to repeat that. Right, right? exactly. So, so it's like, a huge cultural shift. Yeah, it's, it's the cultural shift. I, and I think that's, you know, the key point there is that you want to be able to transition out of that into what is the new normal, you right. know, establish that. And I think that's where, you know, some people, if you think about this with respect to de-schooling, we tend to hear a lot of people de-schooling who tend to be a little bit older. We we focus on our podcast a lot younger. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to de-school a, typically a kindergartner, right? Well, a kindergartner you ha- hasn't gone through it. But yeah. the, the general rule of thumb is like a month of de-schooling for every year they were in school. So even if you're pulling out your second grader, there's still a de-schooling period because this is the time where um, your child needs to decompress from school. They need to leave behind those stresses, those expectations, uh, what was what it was like to be in the classroom, what it was like to be in this group of kids. And as you said, if there was bullying or if yeah. there was a learning disability um, issue or they were falling behind, this is a time when they've got to recalibrate. They've mm-hmm. got to leave all that behind and let's try to start fresh. Because if you try to bring that baggage into your homeschool, it's going to be such a a difficult start for everyone, right? Your kids aren't going to find the joy in it. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be wondering why you did this. Um, You know, we want to set you up for success and know that if you can recognize that this time period exists where your kid may have some trauma, they may have some stress, some anxieties and things that you need to work through and give extra care to them during this time period, you're all going to be more successful. Well, yeah, and kind of piggybacking with that, it's a big change for the kids, right? Huge. N- not being in the school, not not be necessarily being around their friends all day long, um, having different experiences, maybe even transitioning into a different type of school if you tend to do like a parent partnership or a school-like experience, like a co-op if you choose to right. do that for your socialization or if you just have some other homeschooling families that you're going to participate with, that is a shift, you know, like the expectations. Yeah, the whole thing's different. Know, the social expectations will change as well. You know, what are those differences and how will that affect you? A lot of, you know, the, the hope for us as homeschoolers, as you transition and you de-school, that you're transitioning into a better experience. And so right. it will be a welcoming thing, but we always have to be, you know, cognizant of that this could be something that, you know, there could be new challenges, right? like and with all new things. This is a period of uncertainty, right, for your kids too, yeah. where, you know, if you've decided that you're going to homeschool for whatever your reasons are that are this, you think this is the right, re- this is the right path for my family. You've probably done some research. Mm-hmm. You've watched some YouTube videos. You've even maybe talked to some other homeschool parents. You have kind of an idea about what you're going to do, how you're going to go about it, how you're going to make this a good experience for your kid. I think as adults, we can really wrap our minds around this. But for kids, depending on their age, certainly has a lot of uncertainty, right? Mm -hmm. This is a lot of unknowns. Wait a minute. So I'm not going to go back to school. What does that mean? 
You know, am I going to still have friends? Am I going to, you know, I mean, they don't know what this is going to look like. Am I not allowed to hang out with my friend down the street? Like, I don't know. Like my sports still. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of anxieties too that come with a shift. One of the really nice things about doing this during summer, if you're listening to this later, we're recording this in July. Um, So, you know, if you're doing it right now in summer, one of the great things is summer's already off. Yeah. So there's no time where, you know, all the rest of the kids are going back to school and your kids nod. And then you have to kind of deal with that transition time. This is a time when everyone's out. So it's kind of like free time. And you can use this time to start the de-schooling process. And hopefully by the time that school starts back up and their friends go back to school and things, you know, you'll already be kind of getting into a groove yourselves. Mm -hmm. So that is kind of, you know, why is why is de-schooling important? Let's shift into the next idea, which is, you know, the concerns about leaving school. I know, you know, not just, you know, the parents' concern and the children's concern, you know, grandparents might be concerned, oh aunts gosh. and uncles, so many family, people have opinions. friends down the street might be concerned. You know, why why is he not coming back to school? Is there an issue? You know, is it, some someone might blame, you know, oh, it's all my fault or something of that nature. So, yeah, you know, feelings. there's a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions. So, you know, what is the first concern that people have, you know, to take into consideration? So I think when we're talking about de-schooling and the idea of leaving school, we we have to realize that this doesn't just apply to kids. De-schooling is for parents too. We talked a little bit about that, but yeah. I just really want to hammer that home that we're going to give a lot of care and consideration to our kids during this time. But we also have to give ourselves a lot of grace because this is a time where we have to change our expectations too, right? We had a mode, packing lunches, getting kids onto the bus, you know, the, this mm-hmm. whole thing. And now this is changing. There's also a period where if you're a parent who is has some sort of a work remotely job, a work from home job, you're going to have to be juggling your own work expectations mm-hmm. and your schedule and how does this new this new normal affect you? So just, you know, those concerns it all it all encompasses you too. And I think a lot of de-schooling doesn't talk about parents, Mm-mm. which I think is <laughs> as a real miss because parents need to de-school not maybe not quite as much as kids, but it certainly affects the whole family and it affects the way that parents think about, you know, the expectations because all of a sudden parents have a whole lot of whole lot on their shoulders that they didn't have before. It's a brand new role as educator. It's a brand new role. And if you were not planning on homeschooling, but you know, you're thrust into this position, I mean, you know, you're a military family who now is going to be stationed somewhere else and yeah, you decide you're going to homeschool. That's a great example. You know, you've got a child who has a has an illness. You can't go back to school. You're going to homeschool or there's a terrible bullying situation or whatever. Or, you were planning work, to do this. Work relocation to an, another country, you know. Right. I mean, myriads of things where you weren't planning to do this, all of a sudden you're homeschooling. Um, this is a period where you're going to be having to do a ton of research and you've got a whole new set of pressures and stresses on your shoulders of being responsible for your kid's education. Um, so while your kids are like ramping down in the, you know, the stress and, and some of the structure and stuff, it, oftentimes parents are ramping up, right? You may not be yeah. fighting with them about homework, but now you're trying to figure out how am I going to make math interesting, right? So that's like a whole other <laughs> situation, right? Yeah, you may, you may need that uh, de-schooling period while your kid kind of relaxes relaxes from all the, the stresses they've had to endure, you know, and then kind of get your mind set right on how you're about to, to handle that, especially with those, those parents who are maybe, do, you know, double shifting it with, you mm-hmm. know, maybe some work from home um, opportunities that they, they have, and then also doing the home education. I think that is, you know, that is a, I think there are a lot of homeschooling families that have that as their primary role where a spouse is out working full time and the other spouse is at home yeah. kind of partially working but also managing potentially some young kids with the education of the older kids. I mean, the level of stress there, 
you know, I am super sympathetic to, I never had to do the, the double shifting before, but I did do double shifting. You know, I worked part-time, um, while my youngest, well, my oldest was like, you know, a glow worm from, you know, three months until about 10 months I was working from home and, and having to have childcare and assisting and scheduling and being on phone calls while you, kid is napping on your chest. I mean, it was, it was a lot. And I, I, I can't, I can't, you know, it can't be overstated how, how challenging it can be, you know, working a job and then also having to, you know, watch kids and educate kids. I couldn't imagine it. It, it, it's a real, it's a real juggle. Um, yeah. so, you know, this is a time where you may have some concerns about yeah. leaving school, uh, and you may need some time to figure that out. So know that this may not all come together right away, you know, you've obviously thought carefully about this. This is the right thing you want to do for your family or try this with your kids. Um, so just know that that may take some time for you to figure out because it's normal for kids to feel really unsettled and confused during this time. You may also have some behavioral issues. You're talking about a routine that's just been totally disrupted. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, parents are like, can't wait for summer to be over because a lot of times kids end up, you know, uh, they, they act up and things because their, their routine's been taken away. Yeah. And this is kind of similar, right? You're, you're stopping school and that was this thing that they could depend on. Um, so you've got this big routine break and then you also have that uncertainty we talked about, the confusion about what is the future going to look like for me? What am I going to have friends? You know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of concerns that they may have. And so you may find that you're like, okay, great. You know, I don't have to deal with the the school system anymore. I don't have to fight with them about, you know, not taking care of a bully on the bus or whatever. Like I'm in control and that feels great. But your kid may be really hesitant about this new situation and really unsettled. And that's very normal. I did a lot of reading for this, um, for research for this episode. And parents continually said like, oh, you know, we started homeschool and I'm so happy that my kid won't be subjected to this environment or I'm going to be able to provide them a better learning uh, opportunities or whatever. And their kid is very unsettled about the whole thing and feels, you know, anxiety about this new plan. Almost like as as if somehow it was their fault, like they did something wrong or like they're, they're being blamed for this big disruption or change. You know, I think it's hard because I don't, I don't know that, um, you know, kids, Kids can, not all kids handle change really well. And a lot of it is about us modeling how we handle change. So this was a big part of my therapy with my own personal anxiety Mm -hmm. is that my family, my parents don't cope with change well, Mm -hmm. and we changed a lot. And so because they don't know how to deal with the, the stress of change and stuff, I didn't know how to deal with it. And it took me a long time to figure that out. And so this is one of those times when we really have to model for our kids about this is a big change and it can be really stressful, especially if your decision to homeschool is coupled with something like moving to another country, like if you're a military family or you got, you know, you have a job that's taking you to another state and all of a sudden you're moving. So you've got a whole bunch of life changes going on and then this big schooling change too. And I think this is a time where we, we model for them of trying to be calm, of trying Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't have to have it all together. And that's not what I mean at all, but just say, Hey, look, we're, we're starting this new thing mm-hmm. and we're in this together. I think stressing the fact that this is a partnership, that you're a team, um, that this isn't like you top down education, you know, me, me educator, you student, you know, we're, a, the, we are partners and this is a, this is a team sport and, and helping to, um, calm those fears by saying like, look, we're just going to take this slow and we're going to do it together and we're going to see what works. And it's a lot about that, um, because your kids may feel really 
really unsettled and anxious at first and, and expect that. Like if that doesn't happen, that's awesome, but expect that it might. Well, and going with that is that there's this potential that they're going to rebel in some respect, not only just against the schooling that maybe they had before, but all the, also the homeschooling. Now, yeah. you know, if you're fortunate enough to be able to start the de-schooling process at the end of a current school year and then where you do have the entire summer, you know, we've mentioned this uh, a number of times, you know, we homeschool all year round. A lot of times in the summer, we have these opportunities to explore new opportunities. You know, we, we homeschool um, a little bit less. We have less activities going on, you know, because we don't have the parent partnership. And, you know, I, I take it a little bit easier on some, on some uh, subjects. And so we have a little bit more free time, you know, understanding that there are friends and, and play dates and everything that are now available. So I don't want to like lose that opportunity. Um, it is a good time to experiment. And if you are yeah. going to start the de-schooling process during the summer, you have this wonderful opportunity to begin to test drive homeschooling, but there is this possibility that the kid could rebel against this. Like, you've taken me out of my school and away from my friends. I understand why you did this because it's this way, but I don't want to do this thing right now, right? right. Or and, I don't want to do it your way. Yeah, I don't want to do it this way or that way, or I don't like this curriculum. You know, and it doesn't mean they don't like it. They could just be part of this, you know, coping with the with the change. And, and, right, yeah. it's so different. And you know, you're talking about depending on their school situation, these kids may have built up some pretty strong walls. Yeah. Right. If they're a really struggling reader and they had big problems in the classroom with that and they were always behind, they were always getting poor grades or whatever it was, yeah. they may have built up a lot of defenses and they may be very, you know, resistant to new ideas, to to your approach. And mm-hmm. and some kids too are really resistant to this shift that it's not mom, it's you know, mom teacher at this point exactly. and, and how that role works too. So it may not be like totally smooth sailing right at the beginning and, and don't let that deter you, but know that that's, that's totally something that may be a bump along yeah. the road at the beginning of your journey. Yeah. And, and we're not trying to scare you away from, you know, the process of de-schooling or homeschooling and the, and the effort that this would take. This is really just to like put your antenna up and look yeah. for the look for potential problems. Not every, you're, not every child's going to have these problems, mm-hmm. but you may run into something like this and you want to be able to, you know, know that, oh, this is, the, you know, this is a, a, gr- a gr- good example of, you know, r- rebellious activity due to the change. Okay, great. I can handle this. I can communicate. We can work through it and move on. You know, you may even see beyond just, the act of homeschooling, there may be some resistance in, gr- in joining groups or other homeschooling activities or right. co-ops or whatnot. Like there may be, you know, resistance in doing these alternative activities that are, you know, there to socialize and, and part of their education because, oh, this is the new thing. This is the different thing. And I don't mm-hmm. like the new thing or the different thing. Um, you want to be able to be aware that, you know, there could be a little bit of frustration there as well. Right. Especially if your kids aren't necessarily on board for homeschooling. We've known families that have decided that homeschooling was the right thing for their family and their kids were not on board with that decision. Yeah. But the parents felt that they had to make that choice because that was ultimately going to be better for the, you know, social, emotional health of their kids. And so they did it. Um, so, you know, definitely know that there's a lot of emotions going on with your kiddos during this time. And you're right, trying to find, you know, you're going out there trying to get them new, you know, meet new friend groups and, and things. And mm-hmm. they may be really resistant to that. You may, you may not want to jump into that right away, or you may have a child too, who 
you know, in a, in a public school setting, they maybe you have a more introverted child in a public school setting. They were just, you know, they're thrown into the classroom and they've got all these kids. Yeah. And now you're, you're in like a co-op or a meetup where, you know, you're trying to help your child forge some new relationships with other kids. And that could be difficult, especially for kids that are maybe a, a bit more introverted or aren't used to, you know, stepping out and being more outgoing. You'll find that a lot of, uh, a lot of homeschool kids that have been homeschooled for a long time are, you know, pretty willing to talk with anybody. They're willing to talk with adults. They're, they yeah, right. have no fears about that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, there's, and, no, there's no social barriers that they may have in, say, a, a schooling situation. Right. Like they can't just go up to an adult and talk to an adult or you know, whatever. Um, and, and the ways of homeschool kids, too, who are um, not used to... It was funny. We were... Our Girl Scout troop last week, we were doing... We were volunteering at the food bank farm. Yeah. And it was really funny because one of the leaders was like, okay, everybody get in a line. And they were like, oh, wait, I'm talking to the homeschool kids. Like, we don't get in lines. No. Like, nobody had to line up to use the bathroom or anything like that, right? <laughs> like, know. this wasn't a thing that they ever did because the yeah. kids all looked at her like, a line? You know, it's like, okay, well, I mean, we should practice with a line, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, you may find that some of the cultural things, and I don't think that's a bad thing. The fact that yeah. our kids don't, like, line up like little soldiers is fine. <laughs> um, but you may find that your child who is used to certain rigor in the classroom and the way that they interact with adults and stuff, they may have a really hard time going to a co-op where, you know, other parents are talking to them more on their trying to interact on their level and other kids are getting up whenever they want to and maybe not yeah. following all of the, you know, kind of strict classroom type rules and mm -hmm. things. That may be really hard for them to kind of accept this new you know, culture. Yeah, the, I think that's a good a good idea. There is that it's a cultural thing, a, a cultural change with the expectations in a classroom. That I think homeschool kids, because they are more in charge of their education, more they are given more tools and opportunities to explore things they're interested in. I believe they innately have a lot more confidence. And mm -hmm. oh no, I'm going to go do this thing. I'm. Why, why are you stopping me? I of course I can get up. And go to the bathroom or I can get up and yeah. go do this activity. I can get up and go do these things because nobody tells me I can't, right? right that type of yeah. thing. And, and that can be a little bit off-putting. The next idea here that we have is I think I think this is a big one because I have seen this in both college. I have seen this with homeschool kids who have come out of, say, a, uh, a public school. It's the idea of the, the amount of free time you now have as a homeschooler. Yeah. We did an episode, and I'll put it into the show notes. We did this a long time ago about, am I doing enough? Because with homeschooling, we know as, as homeschoolers, and the first thing you find out as a new homeschooler is that, man, I can do a lot more in a lot less time. <laughs> and But that also means I can do a lot more of other things too, right? But coming from a public school system where maybe you have uh, – Preschool childcare, you know, before school childcare and after school childcare. Maybe you had the YMCA watching your kids in the morning and then in the afternoon, and they're at school all day long. And they come home. We got to go to practice, and everything is structured. It's filled. It's like it's like you know six in the morning until nine o'clock at night, and it's just like drag and drop. Everything is full all the way across. The meetings are filled from six to nine at night. With homeschooling, is you got a lot more free time. You got a lot more opportunities to explore ideas. The homeschooling maybe takes an hour or two, depending on what level of, of, of school you are. A little bit older, it might be a two or three or sometimes four hours, depending on what, what the needs are. But they're not doing it for eight or nine hours a day. And there's a lot more free time. And I saw this in college when you have kids coming from a very rigorous lifestyle where they are planned and it's structured and they have all these things and all these requirements. 
And then all of a sudden they're thrust into like a college environment where, oh, I go to class, you know, eight hours a week and that's it. <laughs> you yeah. know? And like it, I went from 40 hours a week to like eight hours a week. And all of a sudden it just, it snaps like a rubber band. Some people like completely lose control and they become unhinged and they lose control and they, they fail out. Some kids go, oh my gosh, look at all this time I have to study and I can do really well. And they're academically are just, they run away with it. I saw both of those. I saw kids in high school who struggled to see students that when they got into college, they were like 4.0 A plus person because all of a sudden they had all this time now to actually devote to their school and not like, you know, football practice or their friends or the social groups. They got the freedom to, to change. Mm -hmm. I saw a bunch of kids who did really well in, in school and then all of a sudden they didn't have any more boundaries and they kind of lost control. And so this newfound experience of homeschooling where you do not have this rigorous planned schedule every single day. Now you'll wake up, you'll do your things. And, and of course there's some schedule, even the unschoolers have some, you know, routine, routine. and whatnot. You got to be aware that that could be destabilizing a little bit. You right. Know? There's a lot of freedom and there's a lot of ability to choose Absolutely. with their things not being planned for them. And that they may feel a little unstable. This is a, this is new uncharted waters for them mm -hmm. of having this level of freedom. Um, you know, so that's why it's, it's a little bit like summer, but you know, you're going to start putting some pieces in there and you're going to be asking them too, you know, what are you interested in learning? Especially if they've had a poor school experience where you're trying yeah. to, you know, recover from a kid who doesn't, didn't like school because they didn't perform well or they were bullied or whatever. And you're trying to make this a really positive academic experience for them. You're going to be asking them questions about, you know, what they're interested in. And they may never have been asked that before. They may not have been. I mean, everything's planned out for them in school. The teacher doesn't ask what books they want to read. <laughs> you know, you definitely might have a child who hates reading because they had to read books they thought were boring in school. Yeah. And so you're you're now coming to this point where you're saying, hey, um, you know, we need to do, you know, the core essentials. We need to do like English and, and math. But like, what else do you want to learn? What do you want to learn about his in history? Is there something in science you're interested in? They may have oh, yeah. no idea. And that may actually be kind of stressful for them, yeah. trying to decide. You may have to help them a little bit and be right. a guide, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, so that that's all this new freedom of choice that may be really difficult um, for them to... And maybe it's not stressful for them, but maybe it's more like they're a little apathetic. Like, I don't know. I'm not interested in anything. Yeah. I don't want to do anything. Maybe it's like... You know, I've heard some I've heard some homeschool parents who say, okay, well, we left school and now I just can't get my kid like off the video games. That's all they want to do. Yeah. And and that's part of that de-schooling as well, right? That's part of that decompression, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, you know, how do we, okay, how do we recover from what's happened in school? And then how do we find our footing together? And there's this thing about forming teams, mm -hmm. right? It's the forming was it forming, norming, storming, performing, right? So you first form your team and then you create your norming is where you kind of figure out how to work together. And then you storm the castle. So you, you take it on and then you perform and now you're at, you're at your excellence, right? You're really, you're all dialed in. So you're really at the forming part of your little team here. Right. <laughs> There's no norming yet. We're just forming yeah. and we're trying to figure out what that looks like. Um, so there may be, there may be times when your child isn't showing you stress or anxiety. They're showing you like lack of interest in anything. Mm -hmm. And that's also part of well, this. Well, and it can be scary too, because you may not, 
you may not know how to respond to that and you're you may be concerned about you know do i pull them away from the video games and potentially lose them as you know lose their interest lose their support lose mm-hmm. this relationship that i'm trying to build as an educator yeah it can be very unsettling and you have to kind of navigate that you know what 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 works best for you or, you know how do you think you can get your student mm-hmm. involved in that and maybe you have to leverage this new, you know they have this free time this is what they chose um, maybe you can leverage that into to the learning, right? right? Like, hey, let's let's take this to the next level. Or maybe you yeah. leverage it as an opportunity for reconnection. Oh yeah, where you sit down, sit and, down and say, play with them. "Hey, yeah. yeah, show me how to play this Minecraft thing." Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think that one of the things that we, we yeah, miss give, sometimes give, give don't always take. Yeah, yeah. One of the big pieces I think that we miss is we've decided. You know, parents have decided to homeschool, and they're like, "Okay, they're ready to like hit the ground running." They do their research. They're getting their curriculum. They want to start right away. Um, and that enthusiasm is awesome, but we need to make sure that we're taking the time to reconnect with our kids, especially if those kids are coming out of a school system where they struggled with bullying, whatever bullying would be, there was something, yeah. yeah, Or, or learning difficulties, whatever it was, if they're coming out of school because there were problems, because it was in any way traumatic, I think more than getting started on math or whatever, just like, don't. Spend the time reconnecting with your kid, or even if you felt like you were connected before, connect in this new environment, right? Do some fun things together. Maybe they have nothing to do with school. It It's fine to take a few weeks or a month and not do school, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just, just spend that reconnection time. I think if there's one thing that I'd want people to take away from this is that the de-schooling period is super important. We've Mm -hmm. talked about that. And there's a lot of stresses and anxieties and concerns about leaving school. And we can start to heal and repair that damage with connection. So if you do nothing else, you know, next episode, we're going to talk all about steps to de-schooling and all these concrete things you can do. But before then, if this is you right now, focus on connection because connection will never do you wrong. Right. No. It's never the wrong answer. And if it takes you a couple weeks longer to get started on reading or math or whatever, so be it. Yeah. The connection time is I feel like that's that's investment time is never time poorly spent. Yeah, doing something fun. It's almost like um a staycation or a vacation where you kind of reconnect with your spouse. In this case you're reconnecting with your student. That's part of also the de schooling thing was understanding that the level of urgency is not always doesn't have to be there because in homeschool you have the ability to move faster if necessary you can make up time the rules are always are your own you go at your own speed you go at your learner's speed whatever that might be understanding that you don't have to hit the ground running like a sprinter you don't have to come out of the gates real fast and understanding that it might take a little bit extra time and that's okay and it's absolutely okay nobody's gonna come and bang down the door and take mm-hmm. and drag your kid back into the school because you're doing a terrible job. You can take a little bit of a breather. And I do like that idea of authentically engaging. I think that's the the key thing that is, I think it gets lost sometimes is that authentic connection, sitting down and playing with little people with the kids yeah. will get you so much, you know, sitting down. Right. Like the other day when, when we went to the park is a good example. A lot of times Ariel and I like to go to the park. We tell the girls, go. (laughs) And we're going to walk up and down the street and get some steps. But what did we do the other day? We sat down and we played with them. We played, you know, ball and we did some relay courses. Mommy and daddy ran the relay courses. Yeah. I 
killed it. I killed it. I was so fast. The kids, like, it was like a blur. I was a cheetah moving through the grass. The kids absolutely, uh, absolutely loved had, that. And, and I tell you what, I had so much good homeschooling. I had so much good interaction. I asked my kids to do things for me later that day, and they did it and everything. And I think sometimes when we want to get that free time and we want to run away, and because I know we sat down and I had the lunches come out and Ariel's like, okay, okay, I can see you. Like, okay, we're going to get some steps in and everything. And then I opened up, <laughs> what was it? The, the the golden bowl from the homeschool yeah. and I'm reading to them. And, and you're like, what's going on here? I, I, I well, was, it was one of my I work from under, home days and I was not re- prepared for this picnic. I was under the assumption that we were going to be doing some walking. And I'm like, yeah, usually we just like circle the playground while yeah. they play. And I was like, no, 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 this is, this is a, this is a picnic. Well, you have come to a picnic, a homeschool homeschool picnic, picnic. <laughs> and you and we and we did it. We had a great time, and it was fun. And you got a ton of steps, and we, we got to run around. It, it was and fun. It, it, it was and, fun. And you read while the kids were eating, and it was it was great. It was, yeah. and and that extra time that we spent just connecting. Sometimes for for me, it's time spent where I'm just cuddled up with my daughter on the hammock, on and the we're hammock, yeah, we're looking at cloud shapes, and we're talking and. I find that, you know, if I can't get my daughter to open up, we'll do things like we'll go on a walk together. Yeah. And I won't even say anything. We'll just be walking. And all of a sudden... She'll she's, just start asking questions. Or she just starts talking. If something's bothering her, she's yeah. like, you know, mommy, I was thinking about this thing. And something about walking or even cuddling, not looking at one another makes at least makes our kids and I think makes a lot of kids feel more comfortable to be able to open mm-hmm. up and really mm-hmm. talk to you because... I think it's really important that you get down to to the feelings that kids have if they if they had a bad experience in school because you kind of need to exercise those demons a bit, yeah, so that you can put that to bed and you can reassure your child that you know you're you're trying to do something better for them and that this is just going to be a lot better and we're going to have a lot of fun and really give them that sense of confidence. Um, so I think that reconnection is is just it's it's the key. Yep. Um, Going into the idea that they may not be ready to kind of learn yet, like when you're starting to get in that process, we may need to put things in front of them to give them opportunities. You had mentioned earlier that, you know, the student may come in and just say, I I don't even, I've never been given the opportunity to set any of my education. It's always been a, I'm getting fed, here's the food, you just eat it type of thing. And now I get to make my own lunch. Think about that. Think about you know, saying, okay, food has always been made for you. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden someone says, okay, now it's time your turn to cook dinner. Yeah. Right. And they're just like, I have no idea what to do. Like, this is crazy. Right. Right. And you have to approach that and, and, and try to, you know, you know, connect with your, your learner and say, okay, you know, Johnny loves playing Minecraft. He loves doing these things. He loves doing these things. How can I go back into my little cave and think of a bunch of ideas around the the curriculum or the things that right. I want to learn? And maybe can I pull some of his activities or the things that he's interested in? And can I kind of wrap around my stuff around that and then present him with like seven or eight new ideas and say, hey, are you interested in doing any of these with me? Or, hey, let's just play some board games today. Or, hey, let's sit down and do a puzzle and listen to some old 80s music and, you know, whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah. Let's go get some book. Maybe get some books from the library of subjects you think that your learners might be interested in. Just strategically leave them around. Or or like (laughs) they they pick up on it. You're interested. Your child's interested in certain movies. Like, hey, maybe I have a 13-year-old kid who really loves uh, Christopher Nolan movies for some reason, right? 
Oppenheimer's about to come out in a week or two. I know I'm jazzed, but let's read a, a biography. Let's watch a documentary. Let's learn about the Manhattan Project. Let's do some of this. Right. Let's learn a little bit of science and maybe stimulate something new and, and exciting. Yeah. yeah, I think you'll find that every every child's interested in something. And something. We can find some way to tap into it. I think you just need to find a you know you find a, a way in, yeah. and then it opens up a world of possibility. And, and keep the dialogue of communication going. So every time you make you you see like you make a step or say like you make a gain, you say, okay, oh, they're really interested in this and you, you have a really good experience, mention it to them and go, hey, I, I, thanks so much for letting me be part of this. Yeah. You know, let me know if there's anything else that you're interested in because I'm here to help you. We're here to educate. Let me know if there's something that comes up. And, and since you've built that little connection, that little authentic interaction, it's going to open the doors even more. It sure will. I, I can't tell you how many times I've asked my daughter like, hey, what do you want to do today? Oh, I don't know. What's on the What's on the agenda? I'm like, like today, today was an off day. We, we we could do anything today. And she didn't really know what to do. She's like, well, normally you set the homeschool stuff up and whatever. I go, well, what do you want to do? She yeah. goes, well, th- there was there was that game sitting right there. I, I, can we play that? I'm like, let's do it right now. Yeah. And we played it and she had a great time and we had a lot of fun. And then we we had to go to the store and you know she went to my dentist appointment today and, and you know she had a really fun day it was really exciting but I got learning in I got to read books to her she read uh, a book on the way home from yeah from she read going to herself today and she had a lot of fun and she did numbers and she read stuff on the TV and you know we had a really good productive day that maybe was a little atypical on our normal day but I built a lot of good connection with her and yeah. she got a lot of good experience in and tomorrow. When I'm going to ask her to do some reading lessons, man, she's going to be right on it. And understanding that every day doesn't have to look the same, allowing your student to to have that freedom, I think, is is a good way to kind of key in on it and starting to pull pull your learner out um, of that kind of the morass that they may have been in. Um, building on that, you know, we talked a lot about connection. Um, there, there's a chance that maybe they feel a little demotivated, a little aimless, right? Like, you know, going with that kind of like lost feeling and, mm-hmm. and everything. And they may feel some anxieties about, exactly. you know, am I going to be able to make friends now? Am I going to oh, be thought yeah. of as weird by the other, my, by the friends that that's, I had? That's a big one. That's am I going to be, you know, the only kid on the basketball team at the high school who's, and now I'm homeschooled? What are they going to think of me? Yeah, I don't um, know any of the inside jokes. I don't know anybody at the cafeteria. They're going to be talking about things that happened during that day. That's going to make me feel a little odd or weird, you know? Right. Am I going to be the odd person now? So yeah. um, I think there's a lot of feelings have come up we're just kind of giving you a bunch of randoms but um these are just some thoughts that we have some things to think about next week we're going to get into all the steps of de-schooling and and kind of the way you can approach this because we want to give you news you can use um but these are some things to think about and um lots of ideas to have kind of working in your brain if you're Mm -hmm. leaving school or you're thinking about leaving school Put these in your mind and see which of these might ring true for your learners, which of mm-hmm. is like, oh, yeah, I've got a pretty sensitive child. I think that they're probably going to feel this way about this part. Or, oh, yeah, I've got a child who's already feeling apathetic about learning because of their school experience. I'm. They might have these pieces. You know, all the things we've talked about aren't going to apply to every kid. Um, maybe you're going to encounter something we didn't talk about, but these give you some ideas. I think that if we can have those in our mind going in, we can be a little bit better prepared to start the de-schooling process. And, you know, we won't be surprised by, you know, what, what may happen because this is new territory for everyone. Yeah. Whether the de-schooling process lasts as long as it takes to submit the paperwork to, to leave the school or it takes a couple months, it's, 
it's a process regardless. And I think right, if you get a high schooler, this could take you almost months. a year. Yeah, I mean this this could take a long time. So uh, there's no there's no definitive timeline for this, but um, it's really important. And I think it's important too to know that during this de-schooling time, this does not mean you're not homeschooling during this time. It's exactly. not like yeah. de-schooling means we do nothing for this time period. <laughs> um, it's just a period where there's going to be all this forming norming going on for your team. And there should be some special considerations for this time because you can't act like you're a well-oiled machine at this point. Absolutely. You can't go into it. And sometimes it's hard when you go on to homeschooling Facebook groups and things, you ask questions about curriculum, you're going to get answers from parents who are like in the thick of it and they've been homeschooling for a long time. And the answers they give, that might not like work for your family. Not that their answers are bad, yeah. but just that that's a well-oiled machine talking to you, <laughs> you know, as, as, as well-oiled as any homeschool machine can be. I feel like we're always a little bit of chitty, chitty, bang, bang, you know what I mean? We're making some weird sounds, maybe some wings come out of somewhere, you know, we do, we do things we didn't think we could do. We're transforming all the time. But we're all singing songs. We, yeah, but we, hopefully it's more happy than sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, you do see a lot of really experienced homeschool parents who are like, oh yeah, if you're going to do this curriculum, then use this and do this piece of it. It's like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm new and my kid doesn't want to sit down and even sit at the table with me to do math, right? <laughs> You're like in the more basic level of the problems. So, um, yeah. this is a period where hopefully you find your footing. That's what this is. You and your learners can find your footing. So hopefully this gives you some ideas. And like we said, we'll get into details in the next episode, but this is just some things to keep in mind as you start your exciting homeschool journey. I know we're all, we're, we're, we're here to support you. Join the Facebook group, ask questions. It's always a lovely community. Yes, please there. ask questions. Everyone's so nice on there. Absolutely. So let's end this the way we, we end it. What are we consuming? And mm -hmm. consuming meaning eating. And when we mean eating, we mean YouTube videos of Brian <laughs> Langerstrom. Oh, he's our guy. He's our guy. So there are there's a bunch of guys out there. There's Babish, he's really good. Yeah, but some people make really complex too stuff. Complex. It's too complex for me. Then there's the Wiseman guy, and he has jump cuts of like. Oh yeah, Joshua Wiseman. Yeah, he's like he's a, got some really great recipes, but his his performance produ production is, I can't it's, get it. It's too it's too TikToky for me. Right, I really liked Preppy Kitchen for a while, but then he started adding a bunch of jump cuts. And like I just, Wiseman, yeah, like and I just sudden, couldn't do it anymore. It's like five cameras, and you're cutting every. It's like a music video. At and we that want point. simple. Um, so we have really loved Brian Lagerstrom. And it's something that we watch as a family. In fact, our four-year-old's always like, Mommy, is there a new Brian? Can we watch a new Brian? And we watch him a couple of times a week. He has new recipes come out, I think twice a week. Yes. Uh, and these are recipes that we actually make. So it's a YouTube channel just of, of a guy, really high production value, and he shows you how to make a dish. He has tons of videos. It's one of our family's favorite things to watch. They're all like, you know, 10 to 15 minutes or so. Very simple, good recipes. Simple, great. I've made a bunch of his recipes. Yeah, we actually have. They're really good. So the kids love to pick them out. And this is a favorite uh, thing that we do for Kitchen Classroom because the kids are just totally digging, uh, looking at these videos, and then we find the recipe. You know, we get his recipe from let's his be honest, website. They, they we enjoy it. watching Brian dance in slow motion while eating food at, at the, the end. At the end, he goes, let's, let's make let's this thing. Let's do this thing. Yeah, and he, <laughs> he dances while he eats it. It's really good. Um, but it's, it's simple, it's easy to understand, and I think that the kids have both gotten more into cooking by watching his videos and then us making his recipes. We've made his pizza. We've made, oh gosh, 
I can't even think of all the things that we, we made. We made his, um, the Sloppy Josephs. Oh, those were so good. Those were really good. Those were so good. That was really um, good. We've made some of the bread from him. Actually, I think we've made like all his pizza recipes. We've made bread. We've tried almost every one of his pizza recipes. His, his like, was it the one hour? The one hour pizza dough was really with, good. With a, you put like a light lager beer into, yeah. and to kind of like fake the sourdough flavor. Yeah, the yeastiness. The, so you don't, you can make it in like a, a, during the evening while it, you don't have to have it like, you don't have to do a biga or you don't have to do a sourdough. Let it, you know, rise in the fridge overnight, that type of thing. You can he's actually, got like great bagel recipes. Great bagel recipe. was That was a really good one. His, he's, got, he's got good stuff. So he was a chef and now he, he kind of um, adjusts things for home cook, but it's just really accessible. We made his kebabs this last weekend. They were right. awesome. We've yeah. made his fajitas before. Anyway, really good recipes. <laughs> if you are into watching cooking videos, if you're trying to get your kids more into kitchen classroom, this is a great place to start. We tried to find good like kids cooking videos. We didn't find any that we really liked, but we've really loved his videos. Um, and our kids got totally into him because he's a little bit like a little bit goofy. Um, yeah. And uh, we've learned a lot of great things as a family. So that's what we're consuming the Brian Lagerstrom YouTube videos. Thanks so much for joining us today and making us a part of your homeschool journey. Please engage with us on social media. Join our Homeschool Together podcast group on Facebook and find us at Homeschool Together podcast on Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and recommendations. Until next time. Happy homeschooling!